Hi, and welcome to episode six of Pappy Hour. Episode six. Here with my co-host, Jessica, and we're back in coming to you from Point Loma, San Diego, California. In front of our lovely Christmas tree. We got the Christmas tree up. We're in the festive holiday spirits here, and uh, we're... We retrieved from... Beautiful Home Depot. Oh, yeah. Jessica was not happy about <laughs> the Christmas tree experience. Um, I like to be festive. Yeah, she thought there should have been cider served. Um, Santa. Santa, someone ringing the bells. Some fake snow. Elves coming down, carrying the tree to the car. But we were in the Home Depot <laughs> parking lot of San Diego, California. And so. the patrons were not happy in the parking lot. We got our spot swiped. Yeah, we uh, but we, we had, had a great tree. Okay? We got a great tree, and then we, we were like, "Oh, this one's great!" And then we go to like get it netted or whatever by the guy, and the the base was completely crooked. It was a crooked base, so we a, had to really finagle it. But she's standing pretty sturdy. It was a crooked stump, but we pulled it off. We pulled it off. We pulled it off. We finagled it. But hey, we got a good show today. Uh, we are going to talk about something very, very central to my father's personality that if you've ever been to our home or even just had a conversation with him you know he loves to barbecue and today we're gonna cook we're gonna talk about cooking. <laughs> we're not cooking <laughs> see I, I just think about tri-tip and i think about cooking so we're gonna talk about tri-tip and uh it's it's been something passionate to uh our family for a long time about cooking try good tri-tips it's our, one of our love languages yeah we love it's cooking and eating to grill because all the best cooks are the people who love to eat the most. Yeah, if you can't tell by my physique, I really like to eat. <laughs> if you're just listening, if, if you're just listening, <laughs> picture picture Santa, and instead of a red suit, he's in a Tommy Bahama. And shout and, out Tommy Bahama! Shout out Tommy Bahama! I haven't seen any shirts uh, show up on my front door, which is kind of bad because. Um, I went to wear a shirt that I already wore in episode like two or three. So Jessica slapped me around a little bit. We can't said, be outfit repeating this soon into our journey of podcasting. But my Tommy Bahama long sleeve Tommy Bahamas are are uh, they're few and far in between. So we really need Tommy Bahama to start sending shirts this way to Pappy Hour. We're gonna I keep know. plugging you until I see a shirt on the front door. We're gonna keep at it. All right, but... tri tip. Let's talk about where do where we the, start? Where'd the tri tip come from? And why can't you get a tri-tip, a good tri-tip, anywhere other than the West Coast? I don't know, Dad. How well, come? The tri-tip is, a, is a, a, a unique cut of meat, and it was introduced. Uh, it was, introduced. It was uh, basically discovered by, allegedly, a butcher in the great s- town of Santa Maria in the mid-50s. And Santa Maria is right near Santa Barbara. Uh, in between San Luis Obispo and Santa Barbara along the central coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and allegedly, I'm saying this all allegedly because there is a lot of stories out there of who invented the tri-tip. Every, every... Um, I think the cow invented great, the tri-tip. But every great uh, cowboy and rancher th- thinks that they discovered the tri-tip. But um, so allegedly in the in the 50s, a butcher named a Bob something... Uh, Cut the meat, and Jim he Bob would. Joe. And instead of taking the tri-tip, which is the back of the cow, and it's below the bottom sirloin. So you got your top sirloin, your sirloin, your bottom sirloin. Sorry, you're saying sirloin? Sirloin. Thank you. Sirloin, sirloin. Is <laughs> with a little a little accent. So your sirloin, sirloin, <laughs> and it was the bottom part of that. And it's a tri-tip because it's in that triangular uh, form. And most butchering of the uh, of cattle, they would take that cut and they would make it into hamburger. So no one was taking it as a large piece of meat, like a roast or, or a large steak. So anyway, this Bob and Bob in Santa Maria decided that he was going to take that cut and uh, grill it up for his buddies, and it's history from there. Now. A couple months ago, we were in Ireland, and I was trying to buy uh, a tri-tip, and they, it does not exist in the country of Ireland. They didn't know <laughs> they what it was. We have plenty of cows. We went to three butcher shops. 
they they heard about it allegedly, you know, in California. <laughs> Legend has it. Um, so we had to settle for a, a, a like cut of a um, tenderloin. It was a little nicer cut, uh, but they just they don't cut they don't butcher the cow and and save out the tri tip. So it really is a unique cut of meat to California and the ranching community. Okay, I want to rewind with you a little bit. Where did your love for cooking and barbecuing originate? Because I know you didn't grow up where, you know, cooking was super big and you didn't grow up with parents who were, you know, chefs. Like it wasn't something that was passed down to you as a hobby. You kind of created it, created your own lane of of cooking and how you re- you were a picky eater growing up. So like at what point in your life did you realize food is my passion, I love to eat, and if I love to eat, wow, I'm going to have to learn how to cook. Well, the, How did that journey kind of evolve? All right, I'm going to go I'm, back. I'm going to start with, I really began the passion for grilling food over an open fire with wood during my Civil War reenacting career. So you, there weren't any ovens or microwaves or that, so you had to cook everything you were going to eat for the weekend over an open wood fire. Uh, so I... I watched uh, some of the experienced um, survival guys really cook some some cool meals on an open fire, um, all like with cast. And- oh yeah, I mean, I had one experience. We were out at a reenactment. It was pouring down rain. We had to start the campfire with kerosene. <laughs> so here we are, uh, and we we kind of made a little makeshift tent to keep the rain from putting out the fire. So. Underneath a couple of uh, rubber blankets, we've got a kerosene uh, fire that's car- we've, we doused it all the wet wood in kerosene. So here's wet wood trying to burn and burn off the kerosene. And we cooked a frying pan full of bacon. And it probably took 20 minutes of, ne- of, of just kneeling over this fire, keeping the fire going, putting a little more kerosene on it, blowing on it. And getting a pan full of bacon to be done. Well, it kind of makes sense that you love grilling because you love food and you love fire. It's two things. Yeah. So, you know. Food and fire. Yeah. Like a caveman. So we mm. ate this, this, and the bacon was the best bacon I ever had. Yeah, because so, you were hungry. Yeah. Just cooking on an open fire kind of turns into grilling, right? Everyone uh, that's spoiled with a grill that you go on, just flip on, that's the good life. But if you really want to get down to... Um, caveman cooking it's wood open fire and food over that so when was, the, when was the first time you really made something that like like i feel like your specialty is grilling for large amounts of people you, you're you're good at that you're good at the at the large quantities when was the first time you really like made a mu- a meal for a lot of people and you got that satisfaction of like they just loved it and they were like well, let me go back further than that, and let me tell you how I knew not to barbecue, not to grill, like G. Paul 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 Wilson. Um, he used to cook his notorious chicken on the barbecue, and how he would do it was uh, put, you know, twenty pieces of chicken on a big grill, turn the grill on high, slather barbecue sauce on it, and then go make a cocktail and forget about it, and it would be burnt black chicken. And that was a big joke of the family. G. Paul burnt the chicken again. <laughs> so I knew what not to do. Um, I didn't know exactly how to do it, but your parents didn't barbecue. Yeah, uh, my my folks barbecued quite a bit, but it was always burgers. you know T-bone steak or burgers. Okay. Yeah, maybe an occasional pork chop. <laughs> Barbecued pork chop? Barbecued pork chop, yeah. You could barbecue anything over a... Uh, yeah, it's just over a stove, a, pretty an, much. An old gas grill. Uh, but no, I started... Uh, we, we used to have a yearly family reunion, and there would always be a good grill going on there. And I, um, one, of my, uh, one of my cousins, Ron, was a master at uh, grilling over uh, an open fire or yeah, wood one of those fire. Big, it's basically like a trailer you hitch onto the back of your truck. Yeah, or or he would cook a lot of things in a barrel, barrel cooking. You make a you, you take a big fifty five gallon drum, and then you just build a oak fire in the bottom of it, and then when the coals go out, you would hang the tri tips uh, from the barrel, and that oh, was a, that was a great method. It was a little 
was a little out of my league, but uh, I watched that done. So you would just loiter around and learn things uh, one time? I would. I did a lot of loitering and a lot of listening when I was a little kid, and I picked up that stuff. But when we started doing the big the big girls, um, we would we would do them for your uh, your little league softball, and uh, we started doing uh, a couple a couple of the years you were you were probably like eight or nine years old. The opening day ceremonies were like a cold hot dog and a bag of uh, of, of chips and a warm drink. And after a couple years of that, I'm like, you know what, we could we could probably do this better. We could level this up. So we brought out the uh, the old uh, family trailer grill. It was literally a small U-Haul trailer, but a yeah. barbecue. It's about a six-foot trailer. And you would tow it behind your truck. Probably like three feet by six feet. You would get towed behind the truck. Yeah, it was huge. So we fired that up. And What year is this? Uh, this is, uh, I don't know. I was year, probably like uh, seven, so like yeah, 2005, 2006. 2005, 2006. Um, and we decided we were going to do tri-tip sandwiches for opening ceremony. So I think, I think we bought how did 20... you get in? How did you get in on that? How did they let you do that? Uh, they love the idea because no one, no one would do anything but, you know, an old hot dog. So, um, they you just told the, Pete, let me take over. We take over and, uh, we're gonna do some tri-tip sandwiches. So I think we cooked 24 tri-tip <laughs> that day, uh, sliced them up and made a couple hundred sandwiches out of them, uh, boiled hot dogs in a big, uh, like five gallon, five gallon bubbling hot, uh, drum of scalding water and would throw like 50 hot dogs in at once and then uh then we'd finish them off on the grill we did burgers yeah i was completely unaware i was running around with my friends you know partaking in the ceremony but i remember the build-up i remember you and mom would really have a dial in you guys would go to costco you guys had your list you would come back and you would unpack everything like truckloads yeah tr- literally our garage load. would just be filled with coolers and coolers of meat <laughs> and, yeah yeah because i had to, to marinate 24 tri-tips i mean you would wake up and at, 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 like four in the morning i would get dry i'm like why are we getting you know, we, we have to we have to get there we have to marinate the, tri-tip. Get the grill started we have to get the grill going and, gotta get the wood started and you're lucky that you found a wife that is like yeah sure mm-hmm. i'll i'll put in a 13-hour day grilling tri-tips. For Cooked for four or 500 people. 500 people. But it was a hit. Everybody really liked the tri-tip sandwich. Oh, yeah. That, that I would say, is probably the peak of your barbecue career because that's probably the most people you've ever cooked for. Oh, yeah. And everyone loved it. Like, I remember it was like the talk of the... Yeah. It was like three years in a row you did we that. We did that for three years, and then uh, we finally got smart and said we passed the torch and said <laughs> someone done. else can do that. So let's talk about let's talk about the perfect tri tip. I, I want to know your methods. We wanna we wanna uh, to all of our loyal listeners out there. We want you guys to know the secrets to uh, your good grilling. So the perfect tri tip. The perfect tri tip. So you got to buy your tri tip early. You can't go uh, buy that in the you know afternoon and go slap it on the grill because one of the one of the key components of the perfect tri tip is a good 24-hour marinade. Full day. Full day of marinade. So there's two... Where do you get your tri-tip? You know, I, pre- I prefer Costco's tri-tip. I, uh, they, do, they trim their tri-tip. So let's start with buying the right tri-tip. If you buy a tri-tip um, from a lot of butcher shops or a lot of grocery stores, they have a big layer of fat on one side. And I think that's the enemy. It makes it flame up on the grill. And then when you cut it, you got this ring of fat... But is it fat where the flavor is? Well, there's plenty of fat marbled in the tri-tip. So you don't need that extra fat. Um, I I know other guys out there would argue with me saying, no, the fat gives it all the flavor. I disagree. Harder to cook, harder to carve, and it's not as good for you because you're eating a lot more fat. So I I tend to uh, always get a a, a trimmed tri-tip. And then if it's not trimmed, uh, you just got to get your, get your knife and your hands in there and trim that fat layer right off. So after you got a nice trimmed uh, tri-tip, usually anywhere from, uh, I don't know, I like about a two and a half, three pound tri-tip. What's a good price that you should pay? Oh, it's all over the board. When we first started doing tri-tip, it was four. Uh, you get it for $4.99 a pound at Costco. It's now up to about 9 to $10 a pound. Dang. And it and you can you can go pay fifteen dollars a pound for it at uh, one of those boutique grocery stores 
or a place like Whole Paycheck. Whole Paycheck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's good. Wait, so yeah. expect to pay about thirty bucks a tri tip. Yeah, good try. Uh, yeah, two two and a half pounds, eight nine nine. Yeah, it's actually decent. I mean, how much is like a bunch you of feed a lot mignons? of people for thirty dollars? Yeah, so it's a good value. Yeah, it is. All right, so now you have the perfect tri tip, right? You got it all trimmed up. Uh, now you need to marinate it. And now here's another. Uh, and this this again, everybody who does tri tip has their own way, but this is this is just talking about the pappy way. The pappy way. Um, I like to wet marinade. So either you put a dry rub on it uh, or you wet marinade. And I'm in the school of, um, I, like, I like sauce over it. So in order to get a really good sauce, uh, I make a marinade. Uh, and then when you put the steak on, instead of tossing that marinade, you put that marinade in a saucepan and you boil it. And for the whole time you're cooking the tri-tip, you're simmering the sauce. So it kills any bacteria that's already in there. You know, you never eat a sauce from raw meat. So now you take the sauce, you boil, you, you don't boil it. Uh, you, you bring it to a boil, but then you just simmer it, you know, on a low temperature for the hour you're cooking the tri-tip. And it turns into almost like a tri-tip gravy. It, <laughs> it, it thickens up like that and it just coats. The glimmer in your eye when it, you said tri-tip gravy. It, oh, tri-tip gravy. <laughs> Give me a biscuit and I'll be done. <laughs> uh, so you 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 have uh, what you do. You know you have your marinade, and instead of just tossing it like most people would toss their marinade, I always boil the marinade, and that makes your sauce. Okay, let's talk marinade. So let's talk marinade. I I choose a teriyaki marinade most of the time. Sometimes you go a little different. On tri tip, always the same. Really? Always a teriyaki. You've marinade. never made a tri tip. With any other marinade than the one you'd... No, I've done some dry rub, but I'm not always as happy as the at, at, with the end product as the wet marinade. So Okay, so this is your your wet marinade that you always stick with. Yeah, so soy I sauce. I know that. All right, soy sauce would be about 70, 60 to 70% of the, uh, of the volume, okay? And then uh, use a, a good, uh, probably another 10% uh, of olive oil. And olive oil just helps, I think, uh, kind of coat the meat and makes everything stick. Mm-hmm. And then the, f- the famous Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Worcestershire sauce. Uh, that's just a great, great flavor additive. Um, that's kind of similar to A1, right? Um, no, it's different than A1. Oh, it's, okay. it's an old English, comes from England. It is a uh, old in- ingredient, Worcester, Worcestershire. Mm. So... Um, so 10% that? About 10% that, 10% oil. And then uh, we put in a little bit of hot sauce. So mm-hmm. you take one of your favorite hot sauces. That's and something can, you vary. I vary, depending on depending on the crowd, how hot we want to make it. But a few <laughs> shakes of some hot sauce, give it some Franks. Give it some heat. What's your go-to? Yeah, you can use Franks. We, we use a lot of Franks. Yeah. Um, but but any of the, any of a, any red pepper sauce. Yeah. All right, then a big scoop of garlic, fresh Garlic, um, yeah, chopped we, chopped garlic. We like the big uh, Costco minced garlic. So that's yeah. typically what you go with. We we buy our uh, our garlic by the pound. So big <laughs> old container, big old scoop of uh, of garlic, uh, and then a little bit of brown sugar. If you're if you're not going to use, you need some sweetness in it, right? So if you're not going to use a teriyaki based, if you're going to make it from scratch with the soy sauce, then you need to get some sugar in there. Yeah, a lot of salt. So. Um, it's already the soy will have the salt in it, so you don't need any more salt. Mm. You just need some sugar. So a couple good heaping tablespoons of brown sugar. Yeah. Any All other right. sweeteners you use? You could put a little alcohol in there too. You honey. Know? Uh, you could use honey, but it's a little different flavor. I don't. I don't ever use honey. Mm. So soy, brown uh, brown sugar, Worcestershire, olive oil, garlic. Done. Mix all that up. Uh, Simple for, for one tri tip. You need about two cups. So for every tri-tip, uh, you know, and I usually stuff two tri-tip in uh, in one marinade pan with maybe two to three cups of, of, of marinade. Okay. So now we got that marinade. It's got to sit in the refrigerator for a good solid 24 hours. So you always do this the day before. And then when you're ready That's to grill. That's really the secret is the long marinade. Yes. And you got to bounce that thing around. If it's in a pan, you got to flip it. 
Um, yeah. If it's in a plastic uh, Ziploc bag, it's a little easier, a little less mess. Uh, we're trying to get away from plastic as much, so we kind of use a glass, uh, the, the glass. Uh, yeah, like a serving dish. Yeah, like a Pyrex, Pyrex dish, and then try to flip it a few times during the marinade. Yeah. All right, so now now you're on grill day, right? It's like game day. <laughs> game day for Pappy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, now, now it's game day. So, uh, you take that out, maybe a good hour before out of the fridge before at least a half an hour, bring it up to temperature a little bit. Um, and then, uh, get your grill going, uh, and usually start it off never, never on high. So the bar, usually the barbecue on lower medium, put it right on the, on the lower grill and give it five minutes. No longer. I don't What kind of grill are you rocking with? You're not a big Traeger guy because you're a smoker. You got something different, but like, what yeah. kind of grill are you? Well, um, you can do that on a on a charcoal Weber. You can do it on a gas grill. Um, uh, right now, I'm uh, grilling on a on a gas grill because I got a lot of control over it, and uh, it goes really low. I can get the temperature running about 250 degrees on this grill, and it's well, a it's a 42 inch. Uh, Eagle, um, American, American Eagle uh, grill made here, right here in Southern California. And it's been a, just a, a great grill. It goes real, real low. So yeah. been good. And it's got a big upper deck. Well, that's so your secret is to start it on the lower deck. Just five minutes each side on the lower deck. Just to, char- just to kind of crisp it up a little bit. 90% of my cooking is on the upper deck. Yeah. I'm, I, I cook like it's cheap seats, the upper deck. <laughs> All right. Nose so bleeds. the lower deck is a very fast, just flip it around, That's maybe burgers. finish it off. Burgers. Um, if you want to do something real quick, a hot dog, finish off some sausage with some grill marks. But all of the work is done on the upper grill. Yeah, that's where the magic happens. Upper deck. Well, that goes right in with your slogan for low, grilling. Low and slow. Low and slow. So now you got it five minutes on one side, five minutes on the other. No, no heavy char marks, maybe just some nice light grill marks on it. And then put that on the upper deck. And forget about it. And don't forget about it. You got to, you got (laughs) to check on them, but you got to get the lid down. If you want to throw some smoke in there, you get some, uh, get some chips going on there and you can just drop them right on the grill. They work great. Yeah. Just a few, just a few chips go a long way. They start smoking up a little bit. Take that, put that grill lid down. Give it 10, 15 minutes. Come, give it a flip. 10, 15 more. The, the tri-tip does not come off the grill till you've hit one hour. And, and you're grilling at 250? Uh, that's going to grill between 275 and 300. Okay. Yeah, 300 would be the max. Because remember, if you get up to 350 or 400, an hour you're going to have a piece of charcoal on there. So you got to keep that you're gonna nice You're going to be G. Low. Paul Wilson style. It'll be G. Paul Wilson. So you want to keep that about 275, 300. And then basically that's about another 50 minutes on the grill. I get a little impatient. So I like to flip it a few times. Um, Check poke, on your work. Yeah. Poke it around. Do the old hand trick, right? It's just going to be right here in that hand. If it feels like that, it's just about medium. Oh, what? If you if it feels like the little web between your yep. thumb and your pointer. There it is. That's it's, what you want it to feel it's like. Done right there. Where did you learn that just trick? A, just a little, a little, uh, just, just a little you know, snap. Little snap, but a little bit of movement still. Where did you did you come up with that by yourself? I don't know. No, someone taught me that one. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> That's funny. So you, uh, you, and, and you know why you don't want to just forget about it because you don't want to pull up the grill, you know, forty minutes later and then it's it's charcoal. So you keep an eye on it. Keep your keep your eye on the temperature and then uh you just kind of get a good a feel for them so if you got multiple let's say you're doing four or six tri-tips you move them around make sure you don't have a hot spot on your grill keep moving around keep yep. flipping them that's important and then as soon as you put them on remember you gotta take that 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 sauce and you gotta put it in a saucepan inside put it on low and uh get that sauce because that's the secret when it's done it's all carved up to dump that sauce back over secret is sauce. like brings it all together yeah really. that's the secret sauce right there yeah. Uh, and that's why I use a wet marinade instead of a dry marinade, because with a dry marinade, you're only relying on the juices inside the tri-tip, which, you know, if, if you want to just enough. taste the meat, um, you, you know, and have a couple slices, it's good. But 
when you when you have the sauce poured over it, it's it's when everybody came around and said, "Wow, yeah, that's a good try tip." It's so the extra. It it worked, and we kept uh, we just we kept moving on with it. So, did you you do you ever use a meat thermometer? Are you at expert level where it's not needed? I got ten of those little meat thermometers. <laughs> I hope your fingers aren't digging around in the tri tip. <laughs> no, I don't use a meat thermometer. I've I've got a good I've I've got enough of a feel for it. Um, but if you if you don't if you're starting out and you want to use a meat thermometer, um, you know then you, you want to be somewhere like uh, I don't know one one thirty to one forty, like kind of one fifty is starting to get too cooked a little too cooked yeah, yeah 160 you're you're almost well done on it so because your meat it's it's not really rare i don't i don't ever like a, a rare one because it's a true medium yeah you really want if you can get that the the majority of the inside is just a nice pink medium i think that's when the meat is the most tender and then the edges are a little bit more well for and those then, who like it like that yeah and usually if you if you're cooking for six eight ten people there's always there's always the rares there's always the mediums and there's always the well and done. that's what's nice about a tri-tip is it's you make everybody happy yeah yeah and the person who wants well you just cut those little ends off there and you got a nice uh, yeah. well done piece and the person who who likes the rare you give them that center cut and they're happy well and with the sauce too if you have the wells on each side the sauce comes over you forget it it's it's well done like you're not tasting that rare it, but it's just as like the ends are almost as tender as the middle yeah yeah tender but i've had tri-tip where um it, it's rare like you know red rare in the middle and it's not it didn't get enough heat to break down the meat so it's tough yeah so someone would say a lot of people say oh i i don't want you to make it you know a medium well because it gets too tough it's not true if the meat's broken down it's just as tender and i've proven that 100 tri-tips deep you, you know <laughs> how many tri-tips do you think you've cooked um i would say it's over 500 tri-tips I think more than that. It could be, but I'm going to go 500 at least. It's a lot of try. To, that's 250 cows worth. <laughs> oh my god! Every cow only has only cow only has two tri tip. Yeah. Yeah. You get one on the left, one on the right. There's not any in the middle. So where did you? What is it about the tri tip? Where, where did you discover? Oh, you know, this is the best cut as opposed to you know your other cuts because you know I love I, a good fillet. Uh, you know, there's there's it, so many different cuts in a cow. It's How just did a, you... it's a rancher's cut, and you know, my grandfather owned a cattle ranch, um, so I I, I although uh, haven't had any experience in the ranching business in my 54 years of this of this life, I I was exposed to it, and um, a lot of ranchers like that cut, and that's probably going back to the story where most butchers used it as hamburger. It was a cheap steak that you know they probably were paying a dollar or two a pound for it and you uh you, you know you, you had time to have it on an open grill cook it slow and it just evolved as that uh that that cut of meat that everybody didn't know about but it was yeah. it was special what's your special. uh what's your next uh favorite cut well you can take uh next would would have to be a you like to grill would would have to be a flame mignon tenderloin, and you get that tenderloin, which you know is like the ba the back strap of meat, um, runs along the runs. It's the if it, it's kind of the, the the rear of the cow along the top, mm -hmm. and uh, I think there's one on each side coming down, so you'd get two tenderloins. But you can buy that all in a steak, like a roast, and that's really good. And and I do it the same way as I do a a, a tri tip. Um, you'd give it a little bit of sear on it and then low and slow again. Uh, you don't want to, you don't want to burn it. I want to touch real quick about why not to burn meat mm. because there's, there's a lot of, of people out there that do tri-tip and they burn them because it's such a big piece and they think you got to cook it so hot and you char the whole outside. And I was going to write those, the down, but there's about five really long names of, of, what's so bad about burning meat but it's basically it's it's carbon and it's all carcinogens, carcinogens. yeah they're all carcinogens and none of them are good for you um they they they're just not not healthy to eat so if you can 
my method of cooking low and slow is to avoid putting all of that carbon cancerous all over uh, this, you know yeah this perfect this perfect cut of meat and you've made it something that's not now it's now it's really unhealthy. Now it's for detrimental you because, to you as opposed to you know. Yeah, because it's got charcoal all over it. You're yeah. eating charcoal. Well, that's the same with like toast, burning toast, burning anything. Is if it's charred up like that, toss it. Yeah, toss it out. So my approach to like doing chicken is the same thing. I like to do uh, a, a batch of chicken. All it never the chicken never even sees the lower deck. It's only upper deck. Shout out so, Mary's chicken. Mary's chicken, good chicken, <laughs> and uh, same thing. All right, get your chicken, make your marinade. Now, chicken is where we do a lot of different marinades. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do a Caribbean jerk. We get crazy with the chicken. Yeah, Caribbean jerk makes a really <laughs> good, really good tender chicken. Uh, the jerk in there, you can put a little extra rum in there, help break down that chicken. You really have been adventurous with your alcohols in your cooking lately. Well, alcohol breaks down the protein in meats. So if you want, if you want it tender, why is that been, good to break down the protein? Well, then it makes it more tender. Ah, you want to break that down a little bit, and and, and so, so it just melts I've been in your experimenting mouth. with, uh, you know, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do a, um, if you're gonna kind of do a chicken, a Caribbean chicken, you use rum. Um, you can even put uh, tequila if you're doing like chicken for chicken tacos. Uh, or I'm gonna make some chicken enchiladas. You can put a little tequila in there. Ooh, so fun! You kind of go regional. Yeah. See, it's a geographic thing. Oh wow! It's geography. Papio Mappy. Where we are. If we're doing if we're doing Irish chicken, which I don't think I ever have, you could use Jamesons. Because <laughs> I'm, Irish, a, I'm Irish a big fan of Jamesons whiskey. Just butter chicken. Just chicken with whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Irish chicken. Take a bite of chicken and a shot of Jameson. <laughs> All right. So the same theory uh, is is true for the chicken. Um, get your chicken the day before. Get it marinated, 24 hours of marinating. Uh, put your chicken on, take that marinade, boil it down. A lot of people are skeptical about, oh, chicken, chicken, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna get the get the juices, sick from, you're gonna throw it away. Yeah, but I, I use it every time. It's never, never made anybody sick. Yeah, as long as it comes to a boiling point. It's gotta simmer. It's gotta boil, come to a boil, and then simmer. And again, it turns down into, now it's chicken gravy. Chicken gravy. So, and that, it just, it, it really makes for tender chicken when you pour that uh, sauce that's simmered over the top. Yeah, you make really good chicken. You usually go for the thighs. Uh, yeah, boneless, skinless breast or boneless, skinless thighs. Yeah. Are my two. The skin is the skin is fine, but it just burns it up a little more. And most people you ever see take off the skin. So I prefer... Uh, to get the skinless. Well, because you don't, cr- the skin is good when it gets nice and crispy. I love and skin on a turkey on Thanksgiving. Yeah, and you're low and slow, so you're not going for that crispy, you know, like fried chicken yeah. type of type of vibe. Any chicken will work, uh, and, and you want to have skin on. If you want to have bones in, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think uh, I watched a lot of people eat chicken with bones in it, and a lot of meat gets thrown away. Yeah. So when you go boneless. It's it's all gone. There's nothing nothing to throw away. Yeah. Um, but you you the, the chicken never touches the the bottom deck. It only goes up top, and one hour. And one hour for the chicken. One hour for At, chicken. And probably a lower temperature than the tri tip. Again, you're probably between two fifty and three hundred. Okay. Hot enough to do it, but in one hour. All that marinade just starts soaking up and glazing on the chicken. Mm-hmm. You don't have any. You don't have any carbon burnt marks on there. There's, there's no. Um, you know, you might have. If you have a hot spot, you might have one or two here. But um, for the most part, it's real evenly cooked. And a new thing that I've started doing with the chicken is taking it off maybe about a half an hour before dinner time, so you can kind of do the chicken earlier. Put it in a baking dish. Cover it with tin foil. Pour that sauce that you just simmered back over it and throw it in the oven on about 300 degrees and it just keeps baking that chicken. So it just keeps well, getting just, more tender and tender. It's basically like throwing it back on the barbecue with all the sauces again. Yeah, but it's but it's giving it some steam. So now uh, with it covered, it's going to steam it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, more tender. So both both of my uh, favorite dishes of chicken and tri-tip. Well, you have a trifecta. The Holy Trinity of Pat's Barbecue is the you want third. To talk about, you want to talk about John Madden? No, uh, not the turducken. 
No. What's your third favorite? John Madden brats. Oh, okay, okay. I, I learned that from John Madden. <laughs> really? Now, now I, I say that like I'm buddies with John Madden. Well, I wish because he's one individual I, I wish... I, Really wish I would have met him in my life and sit like the who would you meet dead or alive sit at the table and have dinner with John. He Madden was my one. top. He was in my top five. Amazing man, greatest coach of all times, and just a great man. But um, I was Expert watching barbecue. Watching well. football. I was in my early twenties, uh, watching John Mad on a Sunday morning, and he is in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and he's doing a game, you know, game day live, John Madden style, and he's walking around. Uh, he's walking around the parking lot and, and looking at tailgates going on. And, he, and he's and about he, to coach a game? And he, no, he was going to go uh, broadcast a game. He wasn't a coach then. He was a broadcaster. Okay. So he walks up, and there they are uh, doing the John Madden effect of boiling the beer and bratwurst, uh, boiling the bratwurst in beer. I didn't know this is where you got your thing. Yep, this is a huge thing in Wisconsin. And then after, when you're boiling, so it's not just the German way would just be put the bratwurst in, in, uh, in beer and boil them up and serve them. But they're not very sexy. They, they, look, they don't look like your ballpark Frank, right? They look like a white you know, sausage. Up. You put them on a bun and you slather them with sauerkraut and mustard and you get you know, another liter of beer and you, you, you put on your lederhosen and you're at Oktoberfest. And you're off your what? on your way. But I but what John Madden liked is he he believed in taking them out of the beer and putting them back on the grill to get some grill marks. And he said they look a little sexier. So, so it has nothing to do with flavor per se, but oh, it does. bite and it, does. It, it it changes the texture a little bit. It kind okay. of Okay. It's kind crispy. Crisp it, it crispies up the skin. Yeah, it's more and, of a bite into it. Yeah, it's more like how you're used to having a grilled hot dog. Yeah. So why I started doing it is um, we would do it uh, when we were tailgating at uh, San Francisco 49er games. And it was always, most of the time it was cold when that was the, you know, October, November, December games in San Francisco. So you'd start this big Weber and get a big fire going. And you had plenty of beer. We had some beer there. And... (laughs) What we would do is you would get the the beer boiling, and then it was just fun because you bounced them back from the grill to the beer, and and then you were just kind of because it kept you right over the grill, so it kept ah. you warm. You only needed one hand to do it because you would use tongs. Pair of tongs. Yeah, pair of tongs. So um, just an extension had, of your body at this point. Yeah, you had one one hand going from the grill to the to the pot of boiling beer, and then what it was good because it kept another hand open for a beer and for a beer in your hand so that was a way for the bratwurst so that is the trifecta you got the tri-tip you got the chicken day and you have the bratwurst and if i could uh if i could serve um a party of 20 that would be the three that would be the three meats that i've had the best luck with um yeah your brats are good going back to the brats they have to be raw and Where do you what, what kind do you get? The best brats I found for consistency are Johnsonville brats, and I don't buy anywhere. the beer brats. I don't buy the you know they have some different flavors. Just regular plain bratwurst. And you don't mm. marinate those. No, you don't no do marinate. Anything. Just dump them, dump them right into the beer. Start simmering them, and then bounce them on the grill. So you which use is, like a like one of those tin trays sure you could use it yeah i usually use a, a shallow tin tray because it gets a boi- the beer boiling up real good mm-hmm. you could and also use just a, a pot or a pan right um well you, you don't want to submerge the, them though fully yeah they can they can submerge in there oh, okay it's fine we just need to have something you can uh that you that can go on the grill yeah all right so with those three um that's the that's the trifecta <laughs> and you got to eat your brats with some Sierra Nevada mustard. Sierra Nevada mustard. Shout out Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada. Maker, maker of some of the best beer in the world. Could you imagine if we got sponsored by Sierra Nevada, Tommy Bahama, and Mary's Chicken? Well, <laughs> that, would be, that would be a trifecta in itself. <laughs> All right. So I just wanted to uh, make sure we touched on um, um, the full, that we got the marinade down, right? Yep. And, uh, and how much... Um, but we were going to also touch on... Yeah, the uh, wet marinade particularly rather than the dry. Yes. Because the wet marinade 
turns into your oh gravy. I, I, I know it. This was I was going to give my so that that's our way of tri tip um, tested with multiple large gatherings. Right, we've done it many for, a generation, many a place. You've cooked tri tip in Ireland. Family reunions with a hundred deep. Well, um, no, you haven't because they don't sell tri tip there. But you've cooked, you've barbecued for them over there. Yeah, no tri tip in Ireland. I think next time we go to Ireland. I'm going to smuggle, because you can't bring meat in, I'm going to smuggle in a frozen tri-tip. How are you going to do that? Um, well, I, I, I probably won't, because I, I don't want <laughs> to go to an Irish prison. <laughs> what are you it's in for? It's not worth it. Murder. What are you in for? Uh, mugging. What are you in for? Smuggling a tri-tip <laughs> from California. <laughs> Why did okay. Pat go to Irish jail? Smuggling tri-tip. Okay, so one quick story that I forgot to tell earlier about burning a tri-tip. So there was this, uh, there was a restaurant. It's since gone out of business. Um, we won't name it, but it was a, it was a pretty popular place in Almaden in South San Jose. Um, and they did have some good things on the menu. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but uh, it, it was a popular place. And uh, in one of my grills, I was uh, one of my we were doing some charity grill or a school event. We used to do a lot of almost all your school events. So we were growing up tri-tip and I had the owner of that restaurant tell me um, his secret tri-tip and, and what was his secret of success. Of Did his you tri-tip have to sandwich. pull it out of him or was he just? No, he was, he was a very um, boisterous individual and he wanted to make sure I, I, was, I was doing it the wrong way, my way. Oh, so you were cooking and he was like, yeah, he was Monday morning quarterback in my tri-tip. Oh man. So I had asked him, um, and I had never had his tri-tip, uh, at his restaurant. And so I asked him how he did it and he explained to me. And then a couple weeks after that, I, we went to the restaurant. I had a tri-tip and I, I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even finish it. It was so bad. It was the toughest. And so how he did it was exactly the opposite of everything I did. He high and fast. He burnt the tri-tip, burnt the whole thing so it was blackened. And so that was and then it was it was raw in the middle. So he would burn the whole thing in like 15 minutes. And then he would slice it and then put that back on the grill to finish cooking it. And as a businessman, it was a good way because you could you could do those real quick and then you could uh, finish cooking them as people bought the tri-tip. Oh, yeah. But it was exactly the opposite of everything I did. If you and, want to live a long life. Uh, uh, and then I, I tried one of those sandwiches, and, it, and um, I, yeah, it was, it was the worst ever. So my, uh, my method has, has stood up over the last 30 years, and uh, we're going to keep doing it that way. Yeah, it's so interesting with, with barbecuing and cooking, you know, in general, that it's completely free reign. Everyone has their own ideas. Everyone has their own ways they do things. The the difference, is, like they're infinite. You can cook at this temperature and marinate it this long oh, and, yeah. and give it this flavor and give it this rub. There's an infinite amount of variables that you can switch up when it comes to barbecuing and sub one thing in here and sub one thing out there. And everyone does it their own way. That's I the know. beauty of it. And when you, if you get 10 testosterone fill filled middle-aged men middle-aged men um slightly overweight on a sunday during the fall of football season i mean there could be fights breaking out oh yeah every guy thinks his grilling and his 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 turns out better than anyone else's they they know all the ways so this is uh I don't know, this is an episode that might not this might not be our best episode. It's but, fun. But I've had a lot of compliments in our end product of our our um, you know catering events of, yeah. of cooking. Um, so I thought it was it was right that we we shared it. Oh um, yeah. Well you're this um, is your podcast and the whole point of this podcast is really to just show who you are. And one of the things that I would plaster on your mood board if i had to make you a a patrick mood board would be a giant fat tri-tip so it it really is a part of who you are how you cook why you cook it's just who you are you're a generous guy you love to cook it's just part of who you are and this is how you do it it's fun yeah it's relaxing so if like someone pays for um 
if, if you needed some a relaxing thing in your life, whether it was um, a massage or counseling, you know, talking to someone, um, you know, taking a walk on a secluded beach, uh, my, my Zen time is sitting over a grill. <laughs> that makes me, nothing makes me happier. What Why event, do you think that what is? What event did we just, we, we, we just got back from a long trip and two days later, we... we you were we, dying to grill. We got back on Thursday night from from uh, uh, almost uh, what, a 24-day trip to Europe. We we went back. We went shopping to Costco Friday and you got were- ready the whole day Friday. And Saturday morning, we were at the Stanford Oregon Ducks game. Oh, yeah. Grilling up for about... That was about 20. That was a couple tri-tip. Oh, yeah. Some bratwurst, but... And those were all my friends who have had... Oh, I mean, how many tri-tip you think that my friends have consumed over the years? Yeah. Like 50 between, you know, it's and, 10 of my best friends. But they didn't have it for a long time. So. I know. It's been a while. It's it's few and far between growing up, playing softball and hanging out at my house. It was every other weekend. They were having tri-tip all the time. And now, you know, it's few and far between. So they're like, is your dad coming? Is, is he is he barbecuing i'm like you know it's it's special and it's really a part of who you are why do you think that it's so relaxing for you because for um, some people they'd be like frantic and i'm gonna burn it it's not relaxing why is it relaxing to well you? i think because i'm comfortable enough i i i pretty much it, it's not if the only part that is um a variable is the grill yeah so when we were at the Stanford game, I was grilling old school over charcoal. Mm-hmm. So things are, uh, things are a little dicey. And I think our, I think the tri-tips came off a little later because, uh, the fire was, it was rain, rainy that day. Mm-hmm. And when you're burning, uh, when you're cooking over wood or charcoal, the weather really, uh, changes up. I mean, it, it cause not it, only does it affect the cooking, uh, the, the charcoal, the cooking, you know, what, what's producing the heat? Yeah. It affects the temperature of the meat. It does. So if you're if you have a grill and you're in the sun and it's ninety degrees out, your your meat cooks twice as fast. If you have a rainy, cloudy day and it's fifty five degrees outside. How about at altitude? You know, altitude. The only thing different in altitude really is boiling water. So yeah. it, it's not affecting it. But it's you, when it's cold and when it's wet out, you really got to build a better fire. So when you're on a gas grill, it's just a knob away, right? It's too, you can, you can, but when you're cooking, get the old briquettes out. It, it's, that's a little bit of a challenge. So I was a little, I was a little challenged at the Stanford, Oregon game. I know you hadn't had tongs in your hand for, you know, three weeks. Yeah. Well, I was on, I was, you know, I, I pulled it off, but I, I was a little stressed. That wasn't super relaxing. <laughs> that one wasn't. Yeah. And, um. That was so fun. But with my grill that I have here, um, the American Eagle, forty-two uh, inch, with my all my buttons American and gadgets made. on it, American made stainless steel, stainless steel. Um, it's it's relaxing because I can control it. I don't botch it, and when I grill, no one asks me a lot of questions. So <laughs> it's just relaxing. I can usually have a. I've been asking can, you questions for I, the last hour. I could have a couple Coors Lights. Uh, ah, I can, the truth comes out. I'm out of the kitchen. Yeah, you're you're outside. You're outdoors. Yep. So mom's not asking me questions. I'm not asking you questions. I'm outdoors. And, you're outdoors. Um, you're by yourself. You're sipping a Coors Light. That's a good life for when I fit. When we finish dinner, a dad and the group, the the dinner for six or eight or ten, and the food is just mowed through. Then that's a good feeling. Yeah. You feel appreciated. You feel like you provided. It touches on, on all the most primal, primal if, things. If there's one thing to conclude um, with uh, why I think my grilling career has been successful is due to the amount of tri-tip leftovers. There's rarely any yeah, leftovers. I was going to say, there's not usually a lot of leftovers. I mean, the meat eaters come out of the woodwork and they just keep carving away, have another piece. One of my favorite tri-tip stories is um, in eighth grade, I was about to leave on our Washington, D.C. trip with yeah. our class. Oh. And it was just kind of, it was like kind of spring. It was spring break. So just kind of spring turn into summer. Fine, you know, it was grilling season back up again. And you were starting to, to grill. And you're like, Jess, 
you're going with all your friends. Like you're going to be on this plane. You're going to be at the port. Like, let me make you guys some tri-tip to go. I and sent I was you like, a tri-tip yeah, to Yeah, Dad. DC. So I just remember I showed up at school and the bus was there to take us to the airport. And I had a massive Tupperware full of fresh tri-tip. And all of my friends' grubby fingers were digging in that thing on the public, public bus. Oh, I love it. And people were just passing the tin around. It was gone in, in less than five minutes. Like, my friends just mowed through this. You're like, just throw, just throw, they get, you gave me like the crappiest uh, Tupper we had. You're like, just toss it. Make sure everyone throw gets a piece. Get some tri tip in. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, your friends, you, you've got a couple of friends that really appreciate my tri tip. So, yeah. That's why I do it. That's why I do it. We're going to conclude with, we want everybody to see our beautiful, natural, noble fur. We're we got a noble, all decorated. We're a noble fur family, not we're a noble Douglas. fur. We got some great ornaments on here yeah. from uh, Gus, Gus, the old yellow lab. Um, yep. And possibly a new dog in our future. Oh boy. Oh boy. Possibly. Uh, we're, yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see how that goes. It's we're missing discussion. a dog. We talked about dogs a couple episodes back. We're how, dog people. How we're dog people. I've and a dog my whole life. And we've we've been without one for about two years now, and we think it's time to 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 add to the fam. I had Happy the Beagle, Gus the Labrador, and then Coco and Chloe the Cavaliers. Yeah, I think AKA Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they loved your cooking. Yeah, they you really did. You made a lot of chicken for them. We'd call them Dumb and Dumber or Biscuits and Gravy. Because <laughs> one was built like a biscuit and one kind of was like gravy. She was just all over Shifty. the place. Shifty. Confused. <laughs> they were always a little confused, but they sure loved ham sandwiches. And they loved to sit on your lap and they were just the best companions. So we're, we're you know, in, in the coming episodes, you may or may not see a dog appear on that lap. Oh, yeah. It'll, if it does, it's going right here. Yep. We'll All introduce right. him to the world. Anything okay. else to say? This was episode six in the books, Low and Slow. Shout out to our favorite veterans organizations, Tunnel to Towers. Yep. Give Holiday a donation. Se- look them up online. Holiday season if you're feeling giving. Um, but yeah, tis the season. Shout out to our producer, Tristan. Tristan, Couldn't our main man behind. without him. Um, but yeah, we skipped a week last week. We were kind of under the weather a little bit. It was Thanksgiving week, so we skipped a week, but we're back this week. Back on schedule. Coming to you live every Wednesday. We're going to be back on schedule. We're working out the kinks, but yeah, episode six in the books. Thanks everyone for tuning in and listening to this episode that really gives you an insight into one of his uh, biggest personality traits, providing for people, cooking, grilling, drinking Coors Light Outdoors. Try tip Pappy. Boop. Peace.